0: Welcome to the Mass Bar Beat Podcast, the official podcast of the Massachusetts Bar Association. Available free to members of the bar, as well as to the public. Featuring lively discussions about important legal developments, interesting stories about Mass Bar members, and helpful practical information about the law that matters to all of us. This is Jordan Rich, and today's topic is the crisis facing Hamden County in providing enough legal representation, or public defenders, to indigent defendants in that county. We'll explore why this is happening and its impact on not only those held and charged, but also the community as well. Joining me today is Attorney Anthony J. Benedetti, Chief Counsel of the Committee for Public Counsel Services, or CPCS, which is the agency in Massachusetts responsible for providing legal services to those unable to afford it in cases where there's a constitutional or statutory right to an attorney. So let's begin our discussion with a a look-see at how the system works in Massachusetts, because Anthony, as you told me prior to coming on the air, uh, Massachusetts has a rather unique model in terms of public defenders.
1: That's correct, Jordan. Um, The way Massachusetts works is the Committee for Public Counsel Services is an umbrella organization that oversees the attorneys who are full-time government staff attorneys and the private attorneys who take cases and are paid hourly. In most states... It's either one or the other. Mm -hmm. So Massachusetts is unique in that way and special because the system works quite well. The staff attorneys handle approximately 20% of the cases depending upon the practice area, depending upon the geographical area. The private attorneys handle all of the other cases.
0: Now, people might think that public defenders are only involved with criminal cases, but as you point out, there are other areas of the law that they handle. That's correct. The
1: four major practice areas are adult criminal cases, juvenile delinquency cases, children and family law cases, which are primarily care and protection cases. And those are situations in which abuse is alleged in a home, a child would be removed by the Department of Children and Family, which is a state agency. And counsel would be provided to the child, could be provided to all the other children that are in a home, and it would be provided to all of the caretakers, Mm -hmm. assuming they were all qualified for counsel. And then the fourth major area uh, is mental health, and that primarily is guardianships and cases in which the state wants to administer antipsychotic drugs or when someone is facing a civil commitment.
0: We're getting to the crux of the issue in Hampden County in a moment, but the Sixth Amendment is something we cherish because it's part of the Constitution, like all parts of the Constitution, that matter in, in terms of individual rights. So we can't be skirting this. We can't be doing a workaround here. We've got to come through with public defense for people.
1: That's correct. Uh, Massachusetts has been uh, at the forefront of indigent defense Uh, The legislature created the Committee for Public Counsel Services, the Mm -hmm. umbrella organization uh, back in 1984 and they have been extremely supportive in terms of ensuring that in a number of instances that there is a right to counsel.
0: Okay, so we have an issue that's glaring in Hamden County. doesn't suggest for a moment that there aren't issues in other counties, as you can imagine. But let's examine what's going on in Hamden because there have been a lot of stories about it specifically in the in the lawyer community. So what is the issue?
1: The issue in Hamden County is there simply are not enough attorneys to handle the number of cases that exist. Uh, and for the moment, we're talking about criminal cases, adult criminal cases. I talked about how it's a model system that involves staff attorneys and private attorneys. What has happened is because of the number of cases, uh, there are not enough staff attorneys to handle Mm -hmm. the number of cases and there aren't enough private attorneys. The staff uh, has essentially in trying to help cover the cases has maxed out and so they can no longer take –
0: What do they do? About 20 percent in general?
1: They handle 20 percent overall Overall. of the caseload. And so what's been happening throughout this crisis is when there haven't been enough private attorneys, the staff has stepped up to try and cover the backlog. But they can only take so many cases before it affects the quality of representation that they are able to provide in an individual case. And on the private side, there aren't enough private attorneys who are willing to take the number of cases. It's
0: economically unfeasible. Is that why they're not doing it? That's right. Across
1: the state, in terms of the private bar, uh, there are attorneys who do this work as a major part of their practice. There are attorneys who do this work as a part of their practice. And then there are some who do it as a very small part of the practice. And so what's happening is presumably they are making an economic choice Mm -hmm. to not do this work because they can make more money elsewhere doing other types of legal work.
0: The fact of the matter is uh, lawyers are like anybody else, beset with debt. They have to pay their office staff and so forth. Can you give us an example how this is affecting an an individual client? How does this play out?
1: Well, somebody gets charged with a crime, gets arrested, gets brought into court if they are held on bail. Mm -hmm. In other words, the court feels there are circumstances to suggest they will not show up to court. So they are held on bail or they are held on what is called – through the dangerousness statute. If they are held for longer than seven days without an attorney, then under a Supreme Judicial Court case from 2004, LaVallee, the LaValle case, the court needs to release them. If someone is arraigned in court and released on their own personal recognizance – then if they do not get an attorney in 45 days under the same Lavallee case, their case is supposed to be dismissed. And so the negative repercussions or negative consequences are uh, on both sides. In terms of the individual who is charged with a crime, the work that is critical uh, that needs to get done in the beginning of a case does not get done because the attorney – Is't on the case. the the investigation isn't going ongoing mm-hmm. in the beginning. And there are problems on the public safety front where someone who is accused of a serious crime might be released when otherwise they probably shouldn't be.
0: And because of that ruling, the court has no choice. They've got to follow the law.
1: As long as they have reached a conclusion Mm -hmm. that our agency has done everything it can, has made good faith efforts to try and uh, obtain representation for this person.
0: One of the issues, of course, has to be that in Hampton County, there are fewer people, hence fewer lawyers. It doesn't mean that there aren't lawyers, but there are just fewer of them. I mean if this were Boston we probably wouldn't be talking about this to that extent. That's definitely
1: true to some extent uh, this problem occurred a number of years ago back in 2004 where there was a shortage of attorneys and the biggest problem was in Hamden County. And so I think there the point you make is a good one that you're starting in western mass with a smaller population generally and then you have a smaller population of lawyers uh, there is a law school out there western new england mm-hmm. and so that can only that school can only provide so many attorneys who are willing and able to do this sort of work
0: so anthony what we're talking about here is paying attorneys uh, a reasonable wage so that they are able to support themselves in their offices and do the work correct that's right uh, to
1: give you an example of what an attorney is paid Uh, If you handle a district court case, and that is where the majority of the cases in our criminal justice system are, an attorney is going to get paid $53 an hour. If you are representing someone in a superior court case, superior court being a felony case, and those are the more serious kinds of cases, you're going to get $68 an hour. And as you alluded to earlier, uh, maybe that sounds like a lot of money to somebody, but that does not include the cost of doing business, mm. whether it's the cost of running a law office, whether it's the cost of uh, health insurance, uh, malpractice insurance.
0: Let's take a look at what an attorney needs to have in his or her arsenal to provide quality representation. It's quite a list.
1: It is quite a list. It's very comprehensive, even for a case that might at first glance be appear to be simple, uh, first of all, you really need to spend time with the client and hear their story, hear what they say happened, and learn about them in their background. Uh, you need to do the work to try and get them released pre-trial. A uh, study after study shows that the outcome is better if a client is, uh, an individual is not held but is out. Um, on personal recognizance, mm-hmm. and that person can work with the attorney in preparing their representation. Um, you need to keep the client informed throughout the duration of the proceedings, and if the person is locked up, that means you need to go to jail on a regular basis to, to visit them. Uh, you need to investigate all of the facts in the case. You need to interview witnesses. Uh, you need to review any documentary or video evidence that the police may have Um, You need to prepare pretrial motions um, and respond to any motions that the government uh, files. And so there is quite a lot of work that needs to be done in every case in order to effectively represent somebody.
0: So an appeal is ongoing to the governor and the legislature. Do I take that to be the case? Yes, we
1: have informed them of the situation. Of the history of the situation and how we've gotten to this point and have asked them for relief, essentially asking them for an increase in the hourly rate that better reflects uh, today's economy, that reflects inflation that has occurred over Mm -hmm. the number of years, that reflects the cost of doing business.
0: Earlier, we talked a little bit about issues with children, and this is very emotional for people, obviously, who are listening to this if they're involved, but even if they're not. Let's talk a little bit about the impact on children if uh, public defense is not available or not available on time.
1: Well, what happens in a care and protection case is a child is removed from a home because abuse has been alleged by one or more caregivers, and there is a requirement that a hearing take place within 72 hours to make an initial determination as to what should happen as that case proceeds. If counsel is not provided, that hearing does not happen in a timely manner. And what that means is the child or children who are removed from the home will stay in foster care for a longer period than may be necessary. Mm. And a parent or parents or guardian who has been accused of wrongdoing will not have access necessarily to their child. And so studies have shown clearly that the longer a family is separated, that can be harmful to a child.
0: You personally, what got you so involved? What drives you to be passionate about this?
1: Well, I started my career representing individuals in the criminal courts. I practiced in Plymouth County. And the reason I got involved is because I believe in uh, the, the... that everyone needs a defense. Mm -hmm. And in every instance, you're dealing with individuals who are in the midst of the worst situation probably in their life. Um, They are poor. Um, In most cases, they are black or brown. Um, It's a system that is designed to move uh, individuals who are caught up in it as quickly as possible. And it's critical to have someone there to work with, your client to represent their interests, to help give them a voice, uh, to voice what it is they want to see happen in their case, um, to get them the best possible outcome in an ideal situation, help them to improve um, so that they get a better life outcome in addition to a legal outcome.
0: You definitely state the case very well. And one of the things that I've often been bothered by is the public perception, much of it in media, movies, television, books, that a public defender is third string, is not the qualified attorney. And it's just somebody who's going through the motions for the client. Does that bother you as it might bother others?
1: Yes, that bothers me quite a bit. And it is extremely inaccurate. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're correct. You look in Um, The media, whether it's TV shows or the movies, and public defenders are depicted in a certain way, usually negative. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely not true in Massachusetts. As I said at the beginning, Massachusetts has a model program. Uh, We've been recognized in a number of ways as having a model program. Um, We have – we are lucky to have the public-private model with staff attorneys working alongside with private bar – colleagues. Uh, we have excellent training. Uh, we have excellent oversight. Uh, and for the most part, uh, everyone who's involved in this program is involved because they believe in providing a strong, zealous representation to people.
0: So finally, let's do this. Let's have you address the members of the Mass Bar Association and other attorneys who listen to this podcast regularly. What can they do? What Would you like to ask from them, if anything, and what should the public do in this case? Should there be any public involvement to try to help solve this problem?
1: I think the biggest thing that attorneys can do who are familiar with the work that we do is to educate people, educate members of the public so that they understand the work that you do, uh, and also educate your legislator because they don't necessarily know what you do. Uh, they don't necessarily know um, what goes into representing someone in a criminal or a civil case. And so I think that's the biggest message I would, I would send is that people need to continue to be educated about the importance of public defense.
0: Mm-hmm. So in closing, uh, we have an ongoing problem, but it is, in your estimation, solvable if people come together?
1: I do think it's solvable. Uh, We have reached out to the legislature and the governor's office for help and tried to make the case that additional funding is needed uh, and that we need to pay the private attorneys a higher hourly rate. Um, I am incredibly hopeful that the legislature and the governor's office, um, that they are going to respond to our request for help in this area. Um, With respect to our staff attorneys, uh, they were some of the lowest paid attorneys around the country. And the legislature stepped up uh, two years ago to help us to increase those salaries. The salary, our starting salary was $40,000 four years ago. Now it's $60,000, and under the leadership of Speaker Robert DeLeo in the House of Representatives and Senate President Karen Spilker, um, that has been a huge boost to our agency. It's going to help us with recruitment, and it's going to help us with retention. And I'm hopeful that they are going to respond, the entire legislature, uh, in a positive way on the private side as well.
0: Well, thank you for your update, and good luck with what transpires in Hampton County. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: You've been listening to the Mass Bar B podcast, available free at massbar.org and downloadable on most popular podcast platforms, including Apple, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. If you're a consumer in need of legal assistance, contact the MassBar Association's Lawyer Referral Service. You can call them at 866-627-7577. Once again, that's 866-627-7577. Or visit masslawhelp.com. Let us connect you to a lawyer today. Mass Bar Beat is produced by the Massachusetts Bar Association, and we invite you to subscribe so you'll never miss a beat. This is Jordan Rich thanking you for listening.